The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete. And Aaron. Right here on Radio South, the 96.4 and Course Access Radio Capity. Also on the iTunes, Spotify, or you can just stream us on accessmedia.nz. And check out our Facebook page, just search Grinding Gears. This week, uh, we're starting off with Aussie Speed Limits. So hold on.
Hey, it's Pete. Hey, Darren. Right here, right now on Grinding Gears and Radio South, the 96.4 and Coast Access FM in Capity. And yeah, kicking off this week with Australian speed limits, and they are compared to the world. Yeah, on a global scale, Australia speed limits rank equal fifth fastest, uh, but only if you include the Northern Territory. But uh, in saying that, how fast is actually too fast? Well, authorities around the world, including Australia and especially New Zealand, argue that speed kills and as a result speed limits and their enforcement are always a hot topic. Yeah, there's been several calls for Australia speed limits to be increased given long distances regularly travelled, uh, while others argue the speed limit should be reduced in an attempt to cut the annual road toll. Uh, but same story here, isn't it? Yep, but Australia does not have the lowest speed limits in the world. The other one actually goes to Gibraltar and Bhutan, where the maximum speed on highways is only 50 kilometres an hour. This comes as no real surprise. Gibraltar is that little slice of Britain on the southern tip of the Iberian Peninsula in Europe, ordered by Spain and usually jam-packed and sun-starved Brits on holiday. Well, yeah, Bhutan is a tiny country in South Asia, surrounded by the Himalayas. Yeah, the wide red land of Australia ranks equal fifth with a huge number of other countries that have a 130 kilometre an hour top speed limit. Although uh, this is only uh, the case in certain areas of the Northern Territory. Uh, most Australian highways are limited to 100 or 110 kilometres an hour, in which case uh, they would drop the rank down to eighth place. Mm, well, four countries top of the list with unrestricted speed limits where drivers can really max the vehicles. They are, of course, Germany with autobahns, along with Andorra, Angola, and Nepal. Australia would have been top of the table with those four countries if the list was compiled in 2016, when several sections of the old Stuart Highway in the Northern Territory actually had no speed limits at all. Yeah, recent data gathered by RedX shows that five countries have a 140 kilometre an hour speed limit ceiling, including Poland, Iraq, and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, the USA has an upper speed limit of 137 kilometres an hour, which equals 100. Oh. 85 mile an hour, while the UK is set at 113 kilometres an hour, which is, yeah, 70 miles an hour. Uh, but as anyone who has driven in those countries knows, the traffic often moves faster. Yeah, well, the UK has a great motorway system, but to enable high speed limits, freeway infrastructure must be carefully engineered and built. Safety experts have said that the Australian speed limits could have, uh, could be raised safely and effectively, but not cheaply. Yeah, looking at urban speed limits, Australia is placed much further down the list with 50 kilometre an hour urban speed limits and 40 in, um, in many places on par with countries like Croatia, France and Italy. Top of the list, USA all the way. Yeah, there are some states in America that have urban speed limits set at well, 120 kilometres an hour or 75 miles an hour. The Parliament Bahrain uh, round out the urban speed limit podium with an 80 kilometre an hour legal limit or 50 miles an hour. When it comes to speed limits, well, in Australia, there are generally two sides to the story. Yeah, again, much like um, here in New Zealand, uh, there are those that advocate for better driver training. Bathurst 1000 winner Jeff Brabham even said Australian drivers 
need an attitude adjustment. And others who say speed limits are too high should accommodate uh, the lowest common denominator. Now, what's your take on the speed limit debate, listeners? Does speed kill, or should New Zealand and Australia consider increasing speed limits as road infrastructure and vehicle technology improve? Well, now, we do accept that, well, New Zealand seems to be unable to actually build or maintain the roads where the speed limit should be greater. But please get on the Facebook and let us know. Yeah, just come in on Facebook to search uh, Grinding Gears. Uh, but now we're on to the electrical um, and the US and electric vehicles uh, dating back to 1997 might need low-speed noisemakers retrofitted. So uh, should the NHTSA deem it appropriate... Electric vehicles and hybrids dating back 26 years could be fitted with a device to warn pedestrians. Yes, without the rumble of an internal combustion engine, EVs and hybrids can be near silent when rolling around at low speed. New models, as we've covered, have a special low-speed noisemakers built in to protect pedestrians, especially you know children and blind people. But uh, these only became mandatory in recent years. The NHTSA is now considering whether older vehicles should be required to retrofit pedestrian warning devices. It is reported by Tesla Arty that NHTSA opened an investigation to the matter on January 27th of this year. Uh, the matter actually came to the agency's attention via a petition submitted on July 18th last year. Uh, the petitioner actually reckoned that the agency should consider older hybrids and electric vehicles without noisemakers to be defective. Yeah, uh, uh, regardless, if they were originally and legally sold without them. Yes. Well, submission to the NHTSA cites the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act of 2010, which directed the Secretary of Transportation to develop a safety standard that proves Sorry, provides a means for alerting blind and other pedestrians of motor vehicle operations. Yeah, when it comes to pedestrian noisemakers on vehicles, uh, the relevant piece of legislation is the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard 141. Uh, the standard requires that all hybrids and electric vehicles under four and a half ton to produce a sound when travelling at speeds of up to 30 kilometres an hour. Mm, certainly sounds official. The intention of the requirement was to well, improve pedestrian safety, and particularly for blind and visually impaired, by ensuring EVs and hybrids made a minimum level of noise. It would help pedestrians stay aware of vehicles moving in the vicinity, particularly in areas like parking lots and well-shared spaces. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the requirements of the FMVSS 141 became mandatory for vehicles built on or after the 1st of March 2021. That does leave millions of electrified vehicles in the US which were built without pedestrian noisemakers. Well, the NHTSA has prepared a non-exhaustive list of effective vehicles with the oldest models dating back to 1997. This goes all the way back to the early EVs like the Saturn EV1 from 1997, as well as the first US models of the old Honda Insight and even Toyota Prius from 2001. Yeah, beyond that, the list covers a broad range of electric and hybrid vehicles built in the last two decades, from the Nissan Leaf to the Malibu Hybrid. It even includes the Ferrari LaFerrari, the SF90 Stradal, and um, as, most, uh, as models feature hybrid drivetrains, 
the NHTSA notes that some vehicles on the list may already be fitted with the appropriate noisemakers from the factory. Well, if you need to retrofit it, retrofitting noisemakers should not be too difficult if required by the NHTSA. To avoid the noisemakers being in all the time, they would uh, require access to the vehicle's speed data. But automakers could likely develop plug-and-play kits for installation by deals that capture speed via the CAN bus. Difficulty of installation would vary by vehicle, but its fundamental concept is relatively straightforward. Personally, I'd just turn the stereo right up. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you could. Uh, given the obvious safety risks of silent cars, it's surprising it took the NHTSA so long to mandate a minimum low-speed noise requirement. However, most jurisdictions have been similarly um, slow to act. Uh, for most example of the EU, only required noisemakers to be retrofitted from 2019 onwards. Yeah, it's a very slow-moving gears of governments and things. But it would be an unusual step for the NHTSA to require past vehicles to be retrofitted in this way. Laws on airbags and seatbelts, for example, were never applied retroactively to previously built vehicles. But for now, the agency is merely evaluating the petitioner's arguments with a decision to come further down the line, as they do. Yeah, well... Very slowly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, things are looking good for Stellantis and their UAW employees get a $14,760 bonus after a $17.9 billion profit in 2022. This despite supply... Yeah, yeah. This despite supply chains, limitations, and other logistical hurdles, the automaker had a pretty good 2022. Mm-hmm. The UAW is United Automobile Workers, the union, and their members are working for Stellantis, the Detroit Three member with the smallest slice of the American share pie, will be receiving the largest profit-sharing checks of any U.S.-based automaker this year. Company's overall 2022 profits rose 26 percent, despite two percent lower overall deliveries. They're putting the price up. In North America profits rose 23 percent to 14.8 billion. Around 40,500 workers in North America will receive this 14 grand profit sharing check as a result. It's according to Automotive News. Yeah, General Motors was not far behind in terms of the value of the profit sharing checks distributed to its union employees. Uh, checks of up to 12750 are being distributed to thousands of UAW members uh, working for the company on account of a solid 2022 sales figures. Uh, Ford, who did not have a strong year as uh, Atlantis, Stellantis, I should say, and um, GM, uh, will distribute checks on average of 9,176 to many of its union workers. You're pretty screwed if you weren't in the union, eh? Yeah. But as with other automakers, Delantis predicts 2023 will be a good year for the company as well. It says the average vehicle price will likely go down this year, which is good, and supply chain issues like the old shortage are finally coming to an end. That will be more supply, lower prices, which yeah, we think will attract more buyers. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Stellantis is also riding on strong sales in Europe, where the other half of the conglomerate, uh, the former PSA group containing Peugeot, Citroen, DS, Opel, and Vauxhall, had a great year as well. 
Indeed, the automaker claimed all of its regions showed increased profits despite difficulties delivering vehicles. This all occurred despite Stellantis offering no BEVs or battery electric vehicles to sale in the United States. Indeed, electric vehicles are still not profitable for most legacy automakers. GM uh, says it will actually lose money on its EVs until 2025, despite a very scalable architecture to support these vehicles. And Stellantis will likely do no better. But keep the faith uh, if your EV... <laughs> Keep the faith of you into the EVs because Tesla time is imminent. Coming right up. Moscow still read the young man's dead. Gone to heaven instead, the evening news says he was confused. The motorways will almost soon lottery winner buys the moon they've come to save us the space invaders he thought of cars
You're back once more with Pete. And Aaron. Right here on Grinding Gears, transmitting from Radio South at 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Company. And yes, it's Tesla time. And some Model Y are those fine cooling systems that have been cobbled together with home-grade depot fake wood. Yeah, this isn't the first time the company has pulled this sort of thing. Uh, as we've reported before, Tesla is known for quickly adapting and changing environments. From setting up shop in a tent to increasing production output to reducing design complexities to maximise profit. Success requires the ability to juker an obstacle at a moment's notice. However, not all these changes are carefully executed, as a recent thread on the Tesla Motors Club forum shows. According to several owners of the all-new Model Y, Tesla has allegedly assembled the cars using what appears to be like full wood, uh, trim from the home improvement store. Yeah, it all started with a forum featuring a, a, a photograph of a Model Y's front plastic removed. Um, the original poster of this red had reportedly spent more than 10 hours disassembling their Model Y to correct a poor panel fitment when they came across a large chunk of metal secured with the green tape and a small strap. Someone made a run to Home Depot to make uh, second quarter numbers. <laughs> That's joking the thread's original poster. But shortly after, a few other posters chimed in with photos of the same part, showing more forward grain and a few uh, plain white mounts as well. Yeah, that part they are looking at is the Model Y's liquid-cooled condenser, or an LCC. Its job is essentially that of a heat exchanger passing refrigerant through a large block where it transfers the thermal properties of the cryogen to other parts of the cooling system. That's just one small sliver of uh, Tesla's unique octavalve cooling system found in the Model Y. It's responsible also for conditioning the car's cabin, battery and drive unit simultaneously. Yeah, the trim appears to be providing some strain relief for the strap holding the LLC in place, perhaps to keep tension from providing unnecessary stress on the condenser during vibration or flexing, or to prevent any sharp corners from severing, you know, the strap itself. Well, it's worth noting, however, that it doesn't always use what appears to be household moulding in this application. In fact, several videos on YouTube show the vehicles fitted with a clear plastic part in place of the trim. Yeah, interestingly... Tesla own, uh, Tesla's own parts catalogue doesn't show any such mounting solution found on the various Model Ys in the thread. Uh, it is not clear if the part simply does, isn't documented or if it wasn't a rapid fix that remained in production for quite some time. Well, only Tesla knows. Yeah, veteran auto manufacturing critic Sandy Monroe previously looked over a car that contained the white trim option but it was enough for him to criticise the automaker, so it is possible this part is just simply cheap, but is actually working, you know, it's doing the job. Yeah, fitness for purpose, I think, the term is pistol. Yeah, mm. still, Model Y... Oh, underground vehicle, you don't really want bits of bloody moulding in it. No, no, you don't. But uh, still, Model Y owners are raising eyebrows and questioning how trim that appears to be from the shelf of a hardware store somehow ended up under the factory... Or, under the factory plastics on a $55,000 premium vehicle. Which, when you translate to Kiwi dollars, is about a hundred grand. <laughs> I would certainly not be happy after spending that many American dollars on a car. Would you be? <laughs> well, probably not, no. Unless you actually uh, had to realign your panel fitment. 
Well, that's all for this week, though. Hope your cooling systems weren't slapped together from mitre ten, and our panel fitment's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, till next time, don't be a dick, make it click. Proceeding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand on Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online 
to accessmedia.nz. 